Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my sermon podcast. It is good to be with you again as we continue our sermon series called Inside and Out, and I'll talk about that in a moment, and I hope that my voice is slightly better than it was last week, still not 100%, but um, thanks for your patience with that. So we're going to read today a passage from Matthew 13. Again, this is a very short passage. takes a look at two parables. This is Matthew 13, verses 31 through 33. Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds. But when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. May God's blessing be on the reading and hearing and living out of this word. We were in Florida a couple weeks ago, much warmer climate than what we're experiencing right now in Chicago visiting my mom, who celebrated a birthday, and so we were down there with that. And while we were there, we paid a visit to the Homosassa Springs Wildlife State Park, which is close to where she lives. Most people go to this park to see the manatees, or they may go to see Lou, who at 59 is uh, allegedly the oldest living hippo in the United States. There are other forms of wildlife to see there, including some beautiful birds, but one animal there doesn't get I think a lot of love, and that's the turkey vulture. This vulture is everywhere at this park, and it seems to be not bothered by humans at all, so you can just walk around and often come within just a few feet of them. And they'll just sit there or fly over you, getting a little too close for comfort. Now, turkey vultures are not going to win any beauty pageants either, so I kept wondering, why are these birds here, especially since there are such other lovely birds like flamingos nearby? But just when I had made up my mind about the uselessness of the turkey vulture, along came a sign that gave me more information. Apparently, vultures decrease the spread of disease. Vultures have strong stomach acids, and these acids destroy harmful bacteria, including cholera and anthrax. And in fact, in many countries, the decline of vultures has increased the threat of rabies and bubonic plague. So because of that, vultures are internationally celebrated. You may want to put this on your calendar for next year. The first Saturday of every September is International Vulture Awareness Day, so mark that down. How often in our lives do we pass judgment on something that seems to be worthless or unattractive or insignificant, and it turns out they have more of an impact, they have more worth or value, there's more there than we realize. Well, I mentioned earlier we're in the midst of a sermon series called Inside and Out, where we are exploring the need for both internal and external spiritual growth. Last week we talked about internal growth, and how it can be challenging because God's presence may seem hidden or even buried. But internal growth is vital. So let's say you took my my sermon to heart last week. Maybe you took some baby steps toward internal growth. Maybe you had a couple moments where you felt a fleeting sense of God's presence. But you might still be a little unsure of yourself 
and you think you haven't quite, quite got it right. That's a common feeling. So when we also talk about our hope to share the gospel and expand opportunities to be God's loving presence in the world, you might panic a bit. I just started working on my internal growth, you might think to yourself or say. My faith is so small. I'm new at being a Christian. All of this self-doubt is normal. But what we want to convey today is that it might be true that your faith feels small or new, but we know from the scriptures that God does pretty remarkable things through people who allegedly have small faith. As the adage goes, big things come in small packages. But we also have to open the package. Jesus seems to be saying this in the scripture today. Again, in this sermon series, we're focusing on some of the parables that Jesus shared with his followers. And today we look at the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the leaven. So again, a quick review of what parables are. My Bible dictionary defines a parable simply as a very short story with a double meaning. Parables come in all shapes and sizes, but often there's an undercurrent of mystery to them. Hearers of parables, both in Jesus' day and in our own, have to wrestle with them, and their meaning isn't always clear. It wasn't unusual for the disciples to not understand what Jesus was talking about, and, well, that can be the case for us here in 2019, too. Now, in these parables today, Jesus chooses some puzzling items to make his point about what the kingdom of heaven or the reign of God is all about. First, he talks about a mustard seed. Now, when we read this, you may be familiar with this parable, and you may remember that Jesus says it's the smallest of the seeds. Now, on the one hand, when we look at that and think about smallness, and then think about Jesus describes how it grows and expands, on the one hand, that in and of itself can be inspiring. But when we do some more digging about what a mustard seed is, there's even more power to this image that Jesus uses. Mustard seed is not just the smallest of the seeds. You know, I sometimes wonder if, now I don't think Jesus had what we would consider image consultants, but let's pretend that Jesus had a couple of image consultants. In a sense, maybe there were a couple of disciples who acted in this way. They wanted Jesus to portray things in the best light possible so that the message could be shown and spread widely. Now, if Jesus had the early church uh, version of image consultants, I would imagine when Jesus starts talking and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, that maybe this consultant pulls him aside and says, Jesus, I, can we rethink this? How about some, uh, some nicer crops, maybe good corn or, or soybeans or, ooh, sunflowers. Sunflowers would be great. Tasty little seeds that grow up tall and beautiful. But Jesus goes with mustard seed. Now, again, not just small, but also mustard seeds were considered weeds. One scholar I read this week actually called it a trash bush. <laughs> so think in your own mind about what's a weed that you just cannot stand, like a dandelion. My A while ago, my wife was pulling weeds in our backyard and came across buckthorn, which is an invasive plant and chokes out 
healthier, nicer plants in the area and had a hard time. I mean, the buckthorn just kept spreading and spreading and could never get rid of it. So think about a weed that you just cannot stand and then imagine Jesus saying something like that. You get a sense of what Jesus is saying about mustard seed. But that's what he goes with. He goes with something small, something not very desirable, but out of that smallness, out of that seed that is unworthy even, it grows anywhere, scholars believe, from two to sometimes 10 feet high. Out of this small thing, out of this allegedly undesirable thing, Jesus says that's the kingdom of heaven and can become so large that we don't know what to do with ourselves. So if that's not enough, then Jesus doubles down when he talks about yeast. Now, again, when we think about yeast, we may have happy memories of that. We might think to ourselves, oh, I remember my grandmother baking bread or baking rolls, or my wife makes cinnamon rolls, which are great. And so when we think about yeast, that might bring about happy memories. But again, we have to put ourselves in first century Palestine when Jesus uses this Image. So again, not only is yeast, of course, small, but first hearers of this story, when they hear Jesus saying that the kingdom of heaven is like yeast, they would have recoiled because yeast was almost always used as a symbol for corruption in Jewish tradition. Leviticus 2.11 says this, No grain offering that you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven. So the kingdom of heaven is something, again, corrupt, at least in the minds of the people listening to this, small, and then, just like last week's parables that we talked about, it's hidden. A better way to translate this passage today when talking about it, is that the, the passage says that is the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman takes and mixes in with three measures of flour. But really, the verb used here, the Hebrew verb, is a better way of, of describing it or translating it is hidden. So again, Jesus takes something that we would never, ever use as an image for the beauty the growth, the expansiveness of the kingdom of heaven, the reign of God, and Jesus, again, uses something that no one no one in their right mind would use, something that is corrupt, something that is so small, and something that is hidden. But notice what comes of this. With the mustard seed, of course, something, a plant that grows to be so very high. And here, Jesus talks about using three measures. That's the measurement that he says here. Three measures is enough to feed a hundred to 150 people, not just a small household. It's almost like Jesus doubles down here. When he says leaven, and you can hear people like gasping, like what? Leaven? And then not only that, Jesus says, not just leaven, three measures of leaven. Meaning we're going to use so much of this that it is going to feed the masses. 
Now, again, when I imagine Jesus sharing this with his original hearers, there had to have been some people who walked away thinking, this person does not know what he's talking about, or I don't want anything to do with this vision of the reign of God. But this is what Jesus goes with. For those who do hear what he's trying to say and do buy into it, what a difference that might make in their lives, especially for those who might feel small, for those who might feel corrupt, for those who might feel like they are left out. Maybe then there's a little ray of hope that Jesus gives to them when he says and uses these images And then they might even believe, I have something so small that is looked down upon by others, and yet there is amazing growth potential. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. And that's the potential that our faith lives have too. So if you are one to say, my faith is so small, I am so new at this, My prayers are not beautiful. I fall asleep when I read the Bible. I have many doubts. Others look down on me because of who I am or who I love. These parables are for you. Because Jesus is saying, no matter how small, no matter matter how many times people have cast aspersions on you, Amazing growth can happen, not just in your own life, but in the lives of others too. I discovered this past week this really great organization that I had never heard of before called the Gloria Barron Prize for Young Heroes. And it's an award, a $10,000 award given to about 15 young people uh, every year for small heroic things that they have done, often in our Sometimes when we think about young people, we may say, well, it's, you know, that adage of they're better seen and not heard, or they can't really contribute anything to society, or we don't take them that seriously. And what the Gloria Barron Prize is trying to do is say, we need to take young people more seriously. So let me tell you about one of the prize winners, one of the 2019 prize winners is a young girl named Ruby. Ruby has a mom who works at a nursing home in their town in Arkansas. And so Ruby met a resident at this nursing home named Pearl. Pearl, Ruby learned, had to relinquish her dog because she couldn't afford to feed it. Ruby learned that Pearl received just $40 each month from Medicaid to cover expenses like pet food and haircuts and new clothes. And Ruby was shocked to learn that there are almost a million other people like Pearl. So Ruby decided one day to ask the residents of this nursing home what they wished they had. And then she wrote their answers down in a notebook. Now, she thought that some of the residents would say things like, I wish for money or a new car. But instead, the residents gave her requests like, I wish I had a chocolate bar. I wish I had better toothpaste. I wish I had an electric razor. I wish I had watermelon. Well, Ruby took her notebook and wrote down all of these wishes, and then 
That night, she and her mom bought nearly everything on the list. And then Ruby took it a step further. She started organizing local fundraisers in order to grant more wishes. And then she created a GoFundMe campaign. For those of you who don't know, GoFundMe is one of those uh, online ways of raising awareness and funds. And then when she started that GoFundMe campaign, it generated more than $250,000 from 6,000 people all over the world. With this money, she's now expanding her project. She has created, has its own website and and organization and everything. It's called Three Wishes for Ruby's Residence. She won the Gloria Barron Prize for Young Heroes. And not only is she trying to bring awareness and encourage others to do something similar in their own communities, I love that she's also becoming somebody who is working for justice, for systemic change. She's trying to advocate to increase the monthly Medicaid allowance. When she received this prize, she said, I feel valued for doing what matters to me, being kind, and I'm so glad the world took my voice seriously. Mostly, I'm grateful that I've changed the world for the elderly I know. I love especially when she says, I am so glad the world took my voice seriously. So sometimes, small voices, little people, can be taken seriously. And I have to believe that this is what Jesus, or at least partly what Jesus had in mind when he shared this metaphor. For those of us who believe that our faith is so small, that it has been laughed at or mocked, Jesus is saying, I have good news for you. That's what the kingdom of God is like. And Jesus goes a step further saying, it can grow amazingly. It can be extravagant. It can go beyond what we would even think or imagine. We see this in somebody like Ruby, who does something very simple and small, and it expands to touch to touch so many different people's lives. We see this in our own lives too, perhaps. Maybe you know someone or have an example of something so small that grew. So I hope that you will pray about your own faith in your own life to think about what is that thing that you can do with your own small, allegedly small faith and give it to God and then see what God can do with it. At Urban Village, we are also thinking this year about, or this time of the year when we are thinking about how we can give out of our own lives financially. And so I would invite you again to think about how you might make that commitment, financial commitment to Urban Village. You can go, uh, again, I'll put the link in my Podbean page. And if you think that I don't have a whole lot to give, I've always been inspired over the years by people who on the face of it, don't give much, but it is a lot for them. So last year, a college student said, you know what, I'm going to give up a Starbucks a week and I'm going to pledge it $5 a week. And gifts like that move me so much. People taking their own internal, small, allegedly small faith and then looking at to see and giving that to God and saying, God, what kind of growth can happen with this? So I pray that you think about how you might support Uh, your own faith community, but if you don't have a faith community, how you might think about supporting Urban Village too. And again, you can go online 
uh, my Podbean page and either a one-time gift or a pledge for next year as well. And we would greatly appreciate that. So friends, I hope that you will take this image that Jesus has given to us and see how it might relate to your own life. And I pray that the supposed smallness of your own faith can be given generously. That you will recognize and know that out of that small package, big things can come. So until the next time that we're together, friends, may the peace of Christ be with you.